This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. Hello again, friends. Josh here from Deadset Podcasting. Today is part two of my conversation with James Cridland. If you didn't hear part one, we talked about all manner of things. But as promised, today is mostly about Australian podcasters group Facebook questions. So we cover podcasting with a thick accent or a non-traditional North American podcast accent. And we also cover the emerging siloing, I guess, of big shows and corporate shows and also exclusive shows on certain platforms, how that might affect podcasting going forward and if it might impact the generally, I guess, open nature of podcasting up until this point in 2020. It's been one way. Is it going to be another way in the future? So deadsetpodcasting.com to share the show, rate the show. You can support the show by clicking on the buy me a coffee button there. So I won't hold you up any longer. This is James Cridland. Make sure you listen to this whole episode because James drops plenty of bombs in this episode that I haven't heard before. Knowledge bombs about how maybe we're looking at places like Spotify as a potential threat to the space when there's other big players out there that maybe are getting a bit of a pass. Okay, this is James. My name's Josh. Let's do it. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. So I was hoping just to quickly answer a couple of questions that I had off Facebook for yourself, if that's okay. Yeah. So I probably should have posted it a couple of days ago, to be honest. I didn't really think that through, but we did get a couple, James, so I'll just pull it up. This is from the Australian Podcasters Group. So I wanted to preface this by saying one of the main reasons that I really like James as a person, not only do you know your stuff, but you've been so helpful to the group that I founded and now I'm not, well, I'm not one of the admins anymore. They're way better at running it than I ever was, the, the new team. But you've always been very gracious and kind and giving to that group, even to the point where you've actually put articles into the Australian Podcasters Facebook group early and been very open to people's thoughts. And some of those thoughts have been directly reflected in the finished articles. So can mm. we just start with why maybe you made that decision and is there anything specific about that particular community i'm not this isn't self-aggrandizement i'm not involved in running it anymore <laughs> and yes yeah is there anything about that particular group that you find valuable to your content because you are i mean not not everybody goes out and says hey this is going to go out to thousands of people what are your thoughts yeah i mean i i i I've, i think i find it very helpful to bounce things off people and to see you know, and to see what people think of certain things. We're in a weird time zone in this part of the world um, (laughs) where, uh, you know, uh, so when I'm publishing an edition of Pod News, it goes out at, you know, six or seven in the morning, New York time, middle of the night, San Francisco time. So nobody in the US is awake when I'm busy putting it together People are awake in the UK and in Europe, but they're busy, you know, um, at the beginning of their working day. And so it's really useful, actually, you know, having a chat with um, some folks who are on the same time zone as I am 
to see if they've, uh, you know, to see it does, does this piece make sense? Does it, you know, um, am I right in, in posting it? And sometimes I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite proud of something I've written and I'd quite like people to go and read it. <laughs> to <laughs> yeah, be honest. No, that makes sense. I mean, it's why we promote our shows. If we're not proud of them, why would we even bother yeah. to share our yeah. work? So. Yeah, no, indeed. So, you know, so, I mean, I think that, that there's a bit of self-interest there, but there is a bit of, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in making sure that something is really clear and, you know, and if I can, you know, if I get people who give me feedback and they say, oh, I didn't really understand that bit, then actually it's great to be able to do that in front of a couple of hundred people that it is in front of the 14,000 people that get my, my newsletter every day. So, yeah, uh, yeah so I'd rather, I'd rather it was right. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Yeah, and I think you've been gracious enough in there with people. The reason that I'm so happy that group is it's grown beyond, size-wise, beyond anything that I thought that it would when I... I think I struggled to get to 50 people in 2013. Mm. But it's a relatively positive group in general, but without it yes. being unrealistic and fluffy and you know woo-woo as we might call it down here, there's nothing yeah, yeah. there's nothing overblown about it or yeah, it's there's a lot of truth in there without venom, I guess, and that's a, yeah, yeah, I I think that's always useful and I think also what's useful is it's a it's a podcasting group which is there which isn't all about you know what what's the best microphone and you know and you know who else apart from Libsyn should I be having a look at yeah. in terms of a podcast host you know it's a bit more evolved than that and I think that's really helpful you know I'm I'm uh, you know I do try and and answer some of those you know some of those inquiries as well in other groups but you know if you answer one then you're going to get the same inquiry three days afterwards from somebody else which is a real shame so it's um it's nice to be in a group where you don't get that stuff yeah exactly so we'll just jump in with a couple of questions so the first one is from daniel m pern and daniel didn't list which show he is from sorry daniel if you wanted to reach out to me if you listen to this or i'll go and try and find it i'll have that in the show notes this is his question I always wondered whether a broad Aussie accent, whether that either hampers or assists podcasters in the past in breaking into an international market. Do people find it too odd or hard to understand or is it a benefit that we sound different? So I guess you can tell us because you mean you've got a more global view. James, does it help a show that's based in Australia to get an audience if, you know, if we just use a really Australian accent, like, you know, there's different versions of Australian accents here in Queensland. So that's a pretty distinctive one. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I think that any strong accent that you have, it, it won't necessarily help if you're looking for something which is, you know, for something that has true international appeal. And you'll notice that any you know, any British entertainer, for example, probably doesn't have a thick West Country accent or a thick, you know, black country accent. Uh, they probably sound much like me. Uh, and similarly, there aren't that many US entertainers with deep Southern accents or or whatever. So I think anything that makes it that makes it easier to be understood, you know, is really useful. I remember the first time I went to the US and I was, um, I guess, about 11 or 12. And I was in St. Louis, which is not the sort of place that any typical tourist goes. But I was in uh, uh, St. Louis and I went to ask for a slice of pizza. 
in a, in a shop. And I said, you know, could I have a slice of pizza? And the person said, what? And I said, could I have a slice of pizza, please? And they said, what? Say, where are you from? Are you French? <laughs> and I just thought, okay. I just thought that's a strange old thing. That is very strange. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think, you know, we've, we forget how uh, thick our accents are to some people. So, uh, yeah, just being sort of careful on that. So with regarding Daniel's question there, I've found in the past that it's one thing that Australian people have difficulty with is moderating their pace to match people from other countries. I'm not sure if you found this, James, but I find, Mm. and this is no reflection on intellect, hopefully I don't make it sound this way, but I've found that Canadian people particularly speak very slowly. And in comparison, when I'm editing shows where I've spoken to a Canadian, I sound like I'm on 35,000 coffees. (laughs) <laughs> and I think if you're worried about your accent at all, Daniel, which I don't think you should be, I would concentrate more on speaking clearly and maybe just if you are concerned that the intelligibility is not there and what you're saying, just focus on slowing down, not what your actual voice sounds like. Yeah, but I, I would also say I would also say that we you know, we use an awful lot of interesting phrases. Yes, well I mean that's just part of the vernacular though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. But, but but you know, I mean I, I remember um I was part of a of a Europe wide um, radio conference. And, and I said something like, you know, I think that sounds like a really good idea for a session. We should, we should try to put some flesh on the bones. <laughs> yeah. And this guy, he was from Denmark. He spoke English as good as I did, but he had not the faintest idea what I had just said. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, we, we just sort of need to be uh, aware of that. And, you know, and I've certainly found that I've been here for five years now and, and I've certainly found that and people talking about feeling a bit crook um, and, you know, and going into supermarkets and walking up and down the aisle going, it says it sells Manchester in here, but I've no idea what Manchester is. I wonder if I can work out what Manchester <laughs> is um, and all that sort of weird, weird uh, stuff as well. So, uh, yeah, keeping things um, uh, open and available to other people is always a, is always a good plan. That's if you want your show to have a broad appeal, which obviously Daniel of course, is orienting if that. If you want it to be hyper-local, then have as much of those localisms as you can, really. That's going to make that show endearing as well. Yeah, so, indeed. The next one is from Adam Jaffrey, who is a friend of mine, and he's from Wavelength. Very good beard. Yeah, Very good beard. An excellent beard. And so his question is, and he did say it's a little bit more globalish in nature, so it's not as Australian-centric, but... What impact do you see from the increase in exclusive content produced by platform owners? E.g. Spotify is producing a range of exclusive shows that can only be accessed through the Spotify app. Apple also has a new daily show, daily news show that's exclusive Mm -hmm. to their platform. How do you see these types of shows and, I guess, platforms impacting the industry more broadly? And is there a risk to the open ecosystem we often herald as the success of the podcasting format? That's from Adam Jaffrey from Wavelength. So Adam's a regular contributor to the group. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, and so I think there's two things there. There's, uh, there's talking about our open ecosystem and then there's the whole exclusivity thing. So let's talk about our, our open ecosystem at the moment. This is the open ecosystem where Apple has around 60% of downloads. But actually, if you look at it, Apple's podcast directory is responsible for about 80% of downloads because it's Apple's podcast directory that runs things like Overcast, uh, Pocket Casts, and everything else. 
So uh, 80% of downloads in one company's hand who doesn't make money out of podcasts and frankly doesn't care about us. Um, they earn they earn the same amount of money that podcasting earns in a year. They earn in seven hours. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doesn't sound a very open ecosystem to me now i could be wrong but uh, uh you know that that sort of it worries me when people talk about how open podcasting is because it really is not and you know the ideal for me is to have a company like apple with 30 percent market share and to have two other companies with about 30 percent market share and then other people fighting f for the rest that to me seems like a much more you know, open and uh, vibrant market than one com one you know company looking after eighty percent of all of our of all of our downloads. But having said that, uh, Spotify is uh, depending on who you look at between ten and fifteen percent of all of all downloads. One of the reasons why Spotify is interesting to watch is that they are getting a lot of exclusives. They are pushing a lot of exclusives into their system. Mostly they are paying for new stuff. And that's a good thing from my point of view. You know, when they go when they go out and they talk to Joe Rogan and they say, come on, Joe, come over here and be exclusive. And here's a million, uh, here's a hundred million dollars, you know, for you to end up doing that. That's possibly a little bit more scary because it would be bad if all of our favorites were taken away from us and um, put just purely on the Spotify platform. But it's probably good news for podcasters in that um, you can still be on that platform. You can still be there. Um, and so from that point of view, I'm not sure that it's too scary. It's interesting if you compare that with what's going on both here in Australia and in the UK, where podcast listening is lower than in the US, I think one of the reasons why is that you've got the ABC, which is the country's biggest podcaster here. The BBC is the uh, is the UK's largest podcaster as well. And they are not promoting open podcasting. They are promoting the ABC L Listen app or the BBC Sounds app. They're pulling people to that platform where you're not on. Yeah. So they're not actually promoting open podcasting at all. ABC isn't available in Spotify for anything other than Coronacast for a reason that I've, I've asked four times now and they haven't given me, <laughs> given yeah. me a reason yet, <laughs> you know? So it, it worries. I, I think that actually worries me more that we have highly respected broadcasters who are promoting podcasting, but they're not, they're actually promoting their own, their own apps, their own enclosed um, spaces and not promoting the podcast industry as a whole. Now, both the ABC and the BBC have done other things which are very good for podcasting, but that's also a concern to me. So um, I think I think anything that looks at Spotify or Luminary or Podimo as being scary things should also just have a consider about what that means for you know, iHeartRadio promoting their own app, which at least we can get into, but the BBC and the ABC promoting their apps, which we can't. To be honest, I, well, I didn't realise that about the BBC. So I had my suspicions when, I'm not sure, it was about 18 months ago, I think they started asking Google to remove their, or stop indexing their yeah. show feeds or something, but I didn't realise that about, well, I obviously would have if I thought about it, but there's a certain level of integrity that I automatically just 
place on the ABC and I always just, I could probably give them slightly too flowery intentions in everything they do and didn't even realise that they're doing that because I could be, I could be, I could be producing the best show in the country and yeah. And unless it was, you know, approved by someone there, it could never actually get access to that network. Yes, I mean, well, I mean, you would never get into the ABC's um, app because the ABC's app is only for ABC ABC. content. Yeah, that's Um, it, yeah. You know, so, so, uh, and the ABC has released some podcast material which is exclusive to that app in the same way that that, uh, Spotify are. So, uh, you know, I, I think we just need to be, we need to be careful when we're talking about, you know, the big, scary uh, Spotify. There's plenty of things that Spotify are doing that we should probably be a little bit scared of. And it's good that uh, Amazon appear to be um, getting ready to launch their own podcasting service. It's good that Deezer is there. It's good that, you know, we've got uh, other services out there which are indexing shows as well. But I think, yeah, we just need to be just a little bit careful about uh you know, allowing too much for the iHeart radios of this world, which of course here in Australia is run by a radio company or the ABC, you know, or radio app, you know, they're not going to open their, you know, their databases for everyone. And just, I guess it's something that just comes to mind with the Spotify shows, for example, take the Rogan thing, because it's probably Mm. what people think of. Obviously that's a one-off show and it's probably different how things work at that scale, but Part of how I'm assuming that Joe gets new audiences because he has a lot of people on, whether they're professors or authors or people, and they go and you just look at the time and you're like, well, I'm not going to invest two and a half hours in someone I know nothing about. If yeah. his content is no longer on YouTube, I'm assuming that's even though people probably graduate to the audio at some point, he has hundreds and hundreds of little chunks of conversation on YouTube that I'm assuming are feeders into his main program. Yeah. And how does someone that's new to something like that, that's such a long-form program, how do they channel into a specific app for a very long-form show without little things on YouTube? That I, Well, that's just my impression that it won't be on YouTube if Spotify, if Spotify have exclusivity to the video yeah, as well. Yeah, so, so my understanding is that they're pulling the full shows off, off uh, YouTube, and that's the reason why Spotify all of a sudden can do video podcasts now, but <laughs> yeah. not not the video podcasts that we can do, their own video podcasts, of yeah, course. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, um, but my understanding is that they will still keep smaller clips of his show on YouTube because that obviously acts as, as advertising, as funnels to the Spotify app. And, you know, at the end of the day, the Spotify app is free. Anybody can download it. It's ad supported, but that's absolutely fine. And, you know, and we can all be on there as well if we want to. So that's probably a rather better position, you know, to be than some of these other ones. But I think, you know, Joe Rogan's an interesting one in that he, he is, you know, uh, if you look at Gimlet, if you look at most of the big Gimlet shows, they aren't exclusives. So most of the Spotify exclusive material has been new shows, you know, a new thing from Michelle Obama. That sounds exciting, but it's not bringing an an established fan base over. And I think maybe that's the difference between where they've got with um, with uh, Joe Rogan. He was the biggest podcast in the world by any any uh, measurement um, and he clearly won't be the biggest podcast in the in the world uh, no. now because he's moving but nevertheless he'll still be a big move and if you can pull 
I mean, I think I worked out once that um, uh, I think Spotify has from memory around 280, uh, 280 million users. And uh, Joe Rogan was saying that he had 190 million downloads. Now, downloads aren't users, but nevertheless, you can see that actually there's quite a lot of additional gain for Spotify and therefore potentially for podcasting as a whole if, um, you know, if a bunch of people move over. Yeah. So, um, so that's yeah. 190 million downloads a month, I'm assuming. It is. Yeah. yeah, 190 million downloads a month. And we don't actually know you know, that, that figure's a year and a half old and we don't quite know how it's made up. I'm not a massive video person, but I'm just what, like, I listened when he has a comedian on that I like. Bill mm. Burr, Joey Diaz, Tom Popper. I don't listen to all of his shows because I don't like a lot of the people he has on particularly. But mm. if it's a comedian and they're on semi-regularly, I make sure that I always watch those. I've, the- listened to, I've listened to half a Joe Rogan show. <laughs> yeah. But what if you're a fan of his and you love you love being able to watch the entire program on YouTube? Like having the clips there are fine to drive people to Spotify, but in and yeah. of themselves, it's only it's not the full experience anymore. Yeah, but you know, but you you'll get the whole show with video on Spotify instead. Um, yeah, okay. You know, it's the same it's the same show. It's just in a slightly different place and probably won't be playable on your big screen TV anymore. But uh, <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, so I'm, I, you know, I'm not too concerned about that, um, to be honest. But I just haven't uh, had a positive video experience at all in Spotify because if I listen to a song that has an official film clip, that will play a video, and I've always thought it looked and the experience itself was horrible. Mm. So yeah, I think I think the way that Spotify do video um, for music is that they play a 15 second a 15 second loop that just sort of, you know, gives you something to vaguely uh, catch out of the corner of your eye. That That's a very different experience to how the video, you know, a typical video podcast works. But I mean, I, I'm, I may be old fashioned in this, but I believe that a video podcast is, you know, either you're making TV or you're making uh, audio um, and you should probably choose one. Um, and <laughs> from my point of view, you know, I'm not, necessarily sure that i would sit and watch a two and a half hour joe rogan uh, chat on a screen uh but you know there's clearly quite a lot of people who do so you know it's a it's a different thing but certainly you know of the bits that i've listened to rogan there's quite a lot of it which could really have uh, you know there, there could have been some real benefit with just some editing um and just sort of chopping out of the bits that um, didn't make sense in audio form and i know that we're going down a rogan path so for anyone that doesn't like him i'm sorry but i do recall very early on when he had a pretty controversial guest on by the name of sam harris they had an they had a conversation and i'm not sure mm. whether there was editing happening before that or joe decided to speak about it mm. and he may have actually been speaking to sam it might not have been about sam but he said the reason why we don't edit is because I don't want there to be any question over what was actually said. So the entire conversation goes out. And they were live streaming yeah. at the time, so obviously that was unavoidable. Yeah. And I think that's why there is no editing because he's obviously having a lot of controversial people on from all yeah, all facets well, of the and, political spectrum. And that will be the interesting thing when things are, you know, when his uh, show gets onto Spotify, because his show isn't on Spotify yet, but when his show yeah. gets onto Spotify on the 1st of September, 
what happens when he sits there and he gives bad advice about COVID-19? What happens when he sits there and uh, shares, you know, um, some of his uh, actually quite abhorrent views about trans people, about um, about uh, the gay community? What what happens there, you know? And uh, I, I wonder whether Spotify have bitten off rather more than they can chew on this particular one. He has views which people don't appreciate, but he also is a very famous comedian and part of stoking his audience that are fans of him because he's a comedian is he says outrageous things. So there's a mix of things he says that he doesn't believe for a joke and there's things that he believes that are just nutbag yeah. crazy stuff and that's all mixed together in a pot. So where do you draw? how are they going to enforce a certain kind of, okay, you can say that because you're only joking, but this other thing that, the other thing that's offensive, you've got to cut that out. Like, they're going to have a hard time with a personality yeah, like no, that, I in agree. my opinion. I agree. Because he is a comedian. He's likely to just say, see you later. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, indeed. Indeed. No, it's, yeah. it's going to be absolutely fascinating, I think, to actually watch that and see what happens. Let's be honest, though. If any show in the world got moved as an experiment, it might as well be the biggest one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated in seeing it. And, <laughs> you know, uh, um, and, and you know, and it's not a big deal, you know, downloading a new app. Uh, it's not going to be a big deal for, for, for most people there. So, and I would hope that it is going to be good news because there will be quite a few people that only consumed him on YouTube, didn't really consume podcasts at all, and will now consume rather more shows on Spotify because they can and because, you know, they're being uh, pushed uh, to them. So hopefully it's good news for all of us, but uh, who knows? So I've kept James for a few minutes longer than I was going to. So where can people find you online, James? And is there anything about the immediate future of podcasting that maybe is non-Rogan related that has you excited (laughs) at the moment? (laughs) So, I mean, you know, some of the things that uh, some of the things that I've reported on relatively recently have, have actually been quite exciting in terms of the first time last quarter, there were more non-English podcasts than English ones. That's huge. Um, that's, that's new shows. Yeah, just that's new clarify. shows. Yep. New shows. But, you know, particularly if you look at, if you look at Indonesia, for example, which has a tremendous growth, like a growth that you would look at and go, that can't be right. I'll take a look at this, uh, this maths again. <laughs> we better double check it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Indonesia, uh, looking at India, looking at Malaysia, all of those areas are really, really growing, you know, so that's very exciting. Um, seeing the growth in terms of the Triton numbers for Australian podcasts as well is pretty good too. Um, it'll be great when the ABC is there. It'll be great when Mamma Mia uh, is there, perhaps. Will Anderson's yeah. Will Anderson shows that are private. Yeah, yeah. So, I, don't, I don't know if it'll be good for the commercial radio network, so. Well, I mean. <laughs> uh, they're not going to be on the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at the end of the day, it would be great to see, you know, as many people in there as uh, as they possibly can, and they'll and they'll find a way of. Um, of uh, can I know. just, can I completely just derail us for two seconds, mm. James? In my opinion, the most loved show in Australia that I've personally experienced is a show called The Dollop. Right. Because I saw yes. there was a fervor for the dollop live that I've not seen for any podcast. It was one of the funniest experiences of my life. And I know they've had their issues with citations and things since, but they basically enabled an entire career when they were based in California and built this huge show that was most popular in Australia. And they were doing national sold out tours and two shows a night yeah. in a country that was half a world away. Like, <laughs> I just think sometimes we 
get so focused on a certain type of show through a certain period that we actually just miss big stories. Yes. I don't. Oh, yeah. yeah and that's yeah. one of them. No, yeah. I, I would definitely agree with that. And I think we do, you know, we, we don't do. I mean, it's it's here in here in Australia, it's the number 21 podcast at the moment uh, in the in the Triton list. So, you know, it's still doing pretty well. But, yeah, you know, I think I think that we um, I think that, you know, sometimes we forget that our stuff is really good and that our stuff gets into a lot of the charts, you know, across the world. And yes, some of that might be, you know, you, you won't necessarily get, uh, you know, Hamish Nandy or Carl and Jackie O uh, as being things that get massive traction elsewhere. But there is a bunch of stuff that does. Um, and so, you know, we, we should probably bear, bear that in mind. I think we're a bit bigger than we than we kind of think that we are, you know, in many cases. Well, that's good. That's exciting. So at James Cridlin on Twitter. Yes. So, well, I, I, yes, I'm I'm taking a break from uh, from uh, Twitter, but uh, no, probably you know, a good thing. <laughs> but at, at Pod News on uh, Twitter will also find me. The Pod News newsletter is uh, is uh, free, and you should be subscribing to it today. It's at PodNews.net, and you'll also find there's a, a podcast version of that available on a smart speaker or a podcast app near you. Excellent. And just one last question: I'm obsessed with this part of the world called Newfoundland. Or Newfoundland, if you're actually, I think that's how you meant to say it, in Canada. Right. Is there a podcast that you know of that's from Newfoundland? Gosh, the only thing that I know about, uh, so I used to work in Canada for a little bit, and I worked for a radio a radio company that um, broadcast in uh, quite a few of the Canadian provinces, but not Newfoundland. And one of the, um, the only thing that I know about Newfoundland is it, it, that it's one of these weird places like Adelaide, where um where the where the time like is where all, I'm from, Aubrey Wodonga. Yeah, where where the time <laughs> a, is all a wrong. weird place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh. that is that is probably literally the only thing that I know. Um Yeah, well so, I fell in love with this T V show called Republic of Doyle. And I like sci fi. Mm. I don't like I don't like cop procedurals or anything remotely like that. Mm. And now I'm obsessed with this part of the world and I'm trying to find podcasts and the only thing I can find is something from a company called VOCM which I think is their local commercial station. Right. And it's it's pretty good. But I'm – and what I was going to hopefully get to, if James has got a few seconds, is I listen to their daily news update because I love the host so much. Oh, right. Okay. And it's a place that I can't go at the moment, mm. even if I wanted to, and I'm listening to their news updates about things and places I don't know about. Well, there you go. I mean – You never know You never know who your podcast is reaching if you – Doing a half decent job. Yeah, of I mean, it. I would, I would agree. So, I mean, and there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, so, the CBC produces a podcast that comes out of there. CBC Newfoundland Morning. There's uh, the Newfound Pod, uh, which okay. is a bite-sized podcast about Newfoundland, uh, Newfoundland, and uh, there's the Newfoundland Cannabis Podcast as well. Because you know, I Canada, did say that I didn't listen to that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> Canada. You know, cannabis. It's the only thing that I can't talk about in Pod News because I'm I'm paranoid. That if I mention the C word, cannabis, in this particular case, I'm absolutely paranoid that it won't get through any corporate mail filters. So yeah, okay, probably not. <laughs> so there's a <laughs> so there's a there's a blanket ban on those. But uh, yep. yeah, so but you know, Canada is a wonderful place, and it's um, you know, I loved being uh, I loved doing the weird commute that you can do if you live in this part of the world uh, of leaving on a plane at midday, taking 14 hours to get 
to Vancouver and landing at seven o'clock that same day uh, in the morning uh, yeah. when you can then <laughs> when you can then go to work for an entire day and then come back on the same plane. Um, that was just like a little bit bizarre, but great fun. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I miss I, I, I miss going there. It was a it, it was a wonderful place to uh, to end up being. Excellent. So. I've actually got to go and meet a real estate agent, James. So I better go. Um, well, this is for the new studio. I'm finally getting the keys. Hopefully, if he's we've, we're, where where I am is right on the border. Yeah, and <laughs> he did say that he may be trapped on the other side of the border because at the moment we're having a, an actual COVID check at the border for every vehicle. I guess to stop people coming from Melbourne who are having yes. their issues at the moment. Yes, we don't want them. Yeah, so I'm right on the border <laughs> of Victoria and New South Wales on the Hume Highway, which is the biggest highway in the country. So yes, I've driven it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, he may not make it, but I better get there in time in case he I does. Think so. better. <laughs> okay, podcasting.com, podnews.net. It's really the only podcasting news thing that I regularly pay attention to. It's awesome. And thank you so much for being part of the Australian Podcasters group. It, it, there's people in there that are just add a lot of value and they have a little bit of gravitas, I guess, for lack of a better term yourself and i know rob from wooshka who people don't even realize who he is he's the most helpful person in the world yeah no indeed. he's actually yeah he's just in there like a regular bloke just helping out indeed so no, he's great <laughs> right up. well thank you sir and yeah if uh yeah skype we'll I'll, I'll break the fourth wall here we actually use skype for this one after ragging on it a little bit at the start so <laughs> <laughs> and it worked finally yeah, it did fantastically <laughs> all good cheers josh this episode was edited by Dead Set Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.